Welcome everybody to today's episode of the Independent Teacher Podcast. I recorded this episode on a sweltering August evening in 2022. And my guest was one of the leading advocates of unschooling Heidi Steele. I began by asking her a little bit about her own educational background and then why she became so disillusioned with the UK's education system. So my background is in teaching. I'm a qualified primary school teacher and I worked in primary schools for over 10 years. My first love and my continuing passion is really early years, learning through play. Um, and I worked with that age group for many years. I did other things as well during that time. I really, really enjoyed what I did. I enjoyed spending my days with children in the classroom. I loved doing that. And, I, and as I said, I particularly enjoyed being with perception age children. That was my passion, really. And then I had my own children. And I guess that is when I started to view schooling from like a different perspective, like from a child's perspective. And the more that I looked at it and the closer that my eldest in particular got to school age, the more I thought, I don't think this is suitable for my particular child. He's not ready. He wasn't emotionally ready to, to separate himself for that many hours a day, you know. Um, but also looking forward into sort of the later primary years and, and on into, into secondary, I look at children and I think this isn't working. There are a lot of children here who are sort of not fitting in the system. And it was quite miserable watching that same pattern repeatedly mm. from their perspective. Mm. So am I right to say that you were disillusioned then or have I worded that a bit too strongly? school is unnecessary and the way that school is set out mm. is actually detrimental, harmful to children. And you use that word harmful and I'm sure some people who would be listening to this who were, who were teachers will be thinking wow you know that that is quite that's not just disillusion that's really really strong and you are I would say you know a leading advocate for unschooling so is it possible to just take our listeners through what unschooling actually actually means to you? Yeah, so unschooling is a style of home educating. So it comes under the home educating banner. And then one of the first things I learned, one of the first phrases I heard was when you're home educated, there are as many ways to home educate as there are home educators. Um, because um, you can choose. You choose as a parent or as a family, you involve your children in that choice, how you set out their education. Um, it isn't prescribed for you like schools are so unschooling comes under the banner of home education it is a style or some people refer to it as a philosophy um, of learning and how we choose to embrace education in our household it's basically the complete opposite to school whatever happens in school generally doesn't happen in an unschooling family and we uh, really embrace natural learning um, supporting our children in the questions that they have and in the way that they want to explore the world and how they want to engage with the world around them and the parents come alongside them and facilitate that so you provide them with resources or opportunities or just general support you won't find two unschooling families doing exactly the same topic for example or having exactly the same interests because 
it's very much about how the child is exploring the world. And you wouldn't be wanting to look at Oak Academy material that came out during lockdown? It's certainly not something I would use initially, particularly with young children. You know, we went pond dipping today. We happened to go to a local nature reserve and they had pond dipping on and, and my children loved it. But I do have teenagers and that might be part of the course of things as, as our young people grow older, it might be that a programme of study might suit their needs, but certainly not when they're younger and certainly not if you are just coming out of school mm. and you're looking at this as a way of moving forward. Um, yeah. So it's kind of getting out of a school mindset, isn't it, really? Yeah. 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 So what would a typical day look like? I have four children, so I I didn't explain that when I introduced myself. So I have four children. None of them have ever been to school. So I've got two teens, a 15-year-old, a 13-year-old, and then I've got a 10-year-old and a 7-year-old. And as it stands at the moment, our days are quite busy. Both my younger two enjoy lots of play dates. We meet friends, go swimming. They've got a couple of classes that they do, so they both enjoy a gymnastics class and a dance class. Uh, we meet with a local home ed group that does singing, and we come together and, and have like a singing session together. Um, so we're very busy, lots of things going on for them. My two older ones are a little bit more self-efficient uh, now. Um, so they sort of organise their own time. They organise their own... Um, I want to say schedule, but like they just organise themselves and then they let me know, you know, if they um, if we need to check the calendar and if they need a lift somewhere or if they want to have like a friend over for the afternoon. Um, But they spend a lot of time um, online and doing things online. They both are very involved in Dungeons and Dragons. They do lots of artwork to go with it. It's probably one of the biggest um, commitments at the moment in terms of how they spend um, their time. Do they ever worry about not having the qualifications that other students will have? And I'm thinking about this in terms of, you know, is their ultimate aim to go to university? Is that the end journey of the unschooling process? That's a really interesting question. I'd say so that I'd break that down into saying, well, you know, what is the end what is the end? And and when you're unschooling, because your life is full of learning, there is no end because you mm. recognise that life is always going to be full of learning. So that's a really uh, sort of school idea, actually. You get mm. to 18 um, and you fin- officially finish school or you go on to university and then when you finish that, I've officially finished. Um, but because unschooling sees all of life as learning, mm. there isn't sort of that same definitive moment where you finish um although legally if you look at it from a legal perspective you finish home educating you know when they're 18 um we talk about the future um with our teens um but my teens in particular haven't as yet expressed a particular um commitment to what they want to do or what they want to explore what what would happen if one of your children came to you and said mom I really want to train to be a doctor when I'm older. Would you ever think I need to be careful here because there are so many restrictions on entry to a medical career? Have you ever thought along those lines? 
I think we would approach it the same as we do everything else, which is do the research, find out what we need to be able to accomplish that um, and work out the steps to, to be able to do it, you know, facilitating their interests and what they, uh, they want to do. And, and the resource base out there for home educators now is, is mm. just incredible. Are there certain children then that you think benefit more from unschooling than others? Oh, this is a great question, because I'm not sure there's children that benefit more than the others. Um, I think that unschooling benefits any child in a household that is committed to doing it. I do run a course on unschooling and I coach and, and mentor people. And one of the things I say in that is that if you are not committed to doing it, then it's not going to it's not for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but potentially it could be for anyone who's invested in it. And that's what they choose to do. And the children would benefit Um the children would benefit from it. So I don't think there's any children that uh, wouldn't benefit from it. But I do think that there are children out there who lead parents <laughs> into this style of educating because mainstream education doesn't suit them. And they make that really clear um, one way or another. That becomes really um clear and sometimes the the ways that that's made clear aren't very pleasant it involves a lot of um, distress in school and and parents sort of not really understanding what their choices are and it takes a long time to get there Um, and other times there there are children who just sit and refuse and and sort of parents are really left with no it feels like they're left with no options but to follow their children's lead and to just commit to okay let's give this a try because everything else isn't working um and in my experience most parents that do that then after a good six months maybe a year turn around and go wow this is amazing my child is so much happier we're learning loads we're enjoying our time together our relationship's been restored we've removed stress from our you know family and from our day-to-day lives um, and they really don't look back so is is homeschooling then really just for middle class parents the answer i think is that it can appear that way um and there are certainly a lot of middle class parents who are are doing it so in terms of representation and the face of home education that's what it appears to be there are certainly groups out there who obviously i can't speak on behalf of but I do know that there are groups out of there to support, you know, ethnic minorities who are unschooling, because I think one of the things about um, unschooling in particular is that it doesn't require you to have a certain income and it doesn't require you um, to have a certain family set up, for example. Um, those aren't the requirements of unschooling the requirements are do I have the time and the energy to support my child in their learning Um, and if that means that you have to be resourceful in terms of you know accessing the library or a community that can share skills with each other and with with each other's children it just becomes a different way of applying that same support for your for your children. What about communities of like-minded homeschoolers working together? Are they 
do, do you work together online or do you meet in particular sort of like regional hubs? How does that work? I myself run a membership site for unschoolers. So if you specifically wanted to talk about unschooling and connect with other unschooling families, you could join my membership site or you could join other similar setups around. There are certainly conferences that run annually where you can go and meet with other people. My preference and my recommendation is always, if you can, real life connections Mm. are best. That's not always possible for everyone. If you're particularly rural, that might not be an option Um, for you. The other reason people sometimes find that difficult is if they've got children that have had school trauma and they're recovering, Mm. they're not ready to socialise and make those connections they actually spend a lot of time just focusing on that recovery process so it's not always instantly possible I mean certainly where I am in West Sussex there is a large number of home educators to connect with and I'm I'm fairly sure that that's not uncommon and in terms of you you run workshops coaching courses could you talk about those and also obviously about your your website as well so i've got a website liveplaylearn.org and a facebook page which is liveplaylearn as well and i run mentoring which is one-to-one support um, for families particularly families who maybe have been unschooling a while or have particular questions that are probably they maybe don't want to share in a public forum for example so i spend time with them Um, And I run a course on unschooling. So in in six sessions, we go from this is what unschooling is. And I coach people through that. So we talk about what they want to achieve and how they're going and how that's going to work in their family. Um, Yes, I do that as as well. And I run a podcast, which is called Unschooling Conversations. (laughs) I speak to lots of people who also advocate for unschooling. Um, people that have contributed to research in natural learning so I've talked to some community groups like community unschooling groups I've talked to my lovely friend and colleague Naomi Fisher the uh, clinical psychologist we talk a lot about natural learning if you had to kind of sum up unschooling in the most positive way that you could to our listeners what what would you say to them? What would your positive message be? Unschooling really is like, it's almost like being on an eternal holiday where your children are fully involved in the choices of what you're doing as well. So not like a, a package holiday that you've pre-booked and everything's set out, but like a, um, a holiday where you sit down and say, right, what are we going to do today as a family? What do you want to do? And you invest in your time um, in your children Um, and for me underneath all of that and education aside um, it is about being with my children and getting to know them and having this really lovely relationship with them so for example my husband really likes bike riding with my teens that's their thing and they do it regularly and I similarly my eldest introduced me to Marvel movies during lockdown and now that's our thing like whenever a Marvel movie comes out he's like mum let's book let's go together and for me that relationship that I have with my children 
has been unhindered by the daily separation of them at school and me at work and us being tired when we get home and them having homework um actually we spend a lot of time together and when we do spend time together it feels really pleasant to be together and and that for me I think is the biggest benefit um coming out of our lifestyle any reading that you would recommend my two top readings would be Peter Gray free to learn um, I've said two, but I'm going to say three. John Holt, I would read. Uh, John Holt has got a, a, a lot of published um, books. Um, so pick one uh, and read it. Um, and Naomi Fisher wrote a book called Changing Our Minds, uh, which is about self-directed education. Um, so, yeah, those would be my top three. Brilliant. Heidi, I think that's probably a really good place to end. I, you know, it's been fascinating talking to you learning about something that I don't know a great deal about and I'm sure a lot of our listeners don't know very much about either but they do now and thank you for giving us links to your, your website and I'm sure some of them will want to have a look at that and, and just find out a little bit more. Thank you so um, much for having me you. it's really thank nice you. to be able to um, share this stuff with um, you know people who've got feet in, in educational settings and, and just be able to wave a little flag and say there is another way <laughs> <laughs> thank you ever so much thank, thank you thank you Susan you've been listening to the independent teacher podcast with me your host Susan Pallister if you like listening to this podcast please consider giving us a five-star rating either on Spotify or Apple podcasts